Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Good. No, let me start again. <laughs> Leave that in. Oh morning, my Vietnam, God. Let's try again. <laughs> Welcome to Caucus. You can't say good morning or good evening podcast because you don't know when people are listening. That's where I went wrong. Welcome to podcast. Hi, my. It's been campaign launches this week since we were with you last. And so, in the spirit of that, from the great seat of Mount Albert, it's... Lisa Owen. From the other great seat of Mount Albert, it's... <laughs> Guy and Espinel. God, uh, we're so middle class. And from... Beaming in from the mighty East Coast electorate, it's... Julian Wilcox. Thank, thank you, thank you. And I'm in the mighty Tamaki seat. Uh, I'm Tim Watkin. Great to have you along. Um, thanks for tuning in to uh, Caucus. Kia ora koutou. Uh, welcome to Fear and Loathing in Campaign Land. It has been all about the big bad wolf this week. Um, everyone saying that everybody else is the big bad wolf. Um, and it's leading to quite a bit of tension, some hyperbole, some porkies. Um, Chris Bishop this week said... Labour is making this, quote, the most negative election campaign in New Zealand history. And that was, mm. on, that was on day three. This is buzzing in, buzzing in. Day three of the campaign. I would like to offer day up three. another election, which was, I reckon, nastier, which was dirty politics. The, the election of dirty politics, um, 2014. That was nasty as all hell, was it not? It was. Um, I mean, take your pick. I mean, 2005. Brethren. Iwi Kiwi. Yep, yeah. and Brethren. Um, that was and brutal. It was pretty brutal. And, and, and Clark and Brash had a real um, degree of animosity. I remember um, Clark once called him personal. cancerous. Um, and uh, he didn't do her a lot of favours either. So, yeah, it is, it is negative, and I've got some stuff to say about this current campaign, but um, most campaigns really are and you can stretch back quite a way well let's stretch back does quite Julian a way. want to let's... make a nomination though? Julian That's... do you want to pick a, pick a campaign well, I, I was going to mention 2005 but got bent into the punch um, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I think one of the other reasons why this is a negative campaign and potentially will be more negative is because of the role of these minor parties like Freedom Party and others and Brian Tarmacki trying to interrupt, you know, campaign launches and things like that. I think we're going to see more of that. But, yeah, there's other things I want to talk about as well. Okay, let me just, because I'm going to nominate 1975, because I'm the history guy. I'm going to nominate the 1975 (laughs) campaign and I'm going to play you this Cossack famous ad. Shortly. Labour will be taking millions out of our pay packets each week and spending it. In just seven years, they'll have enough money to buy every share in every public company in New Zealand. Soon, they could buy all the farms. Indeed, one day, the government could wind up owning literally everything. And you know what that's called, don't you? They say they've only just begun. 
Yeah, Rob Muldoon, you would think about a dirty campaign, didn't he? It's hard not to jig along to the Cossacks, though. <laughs> I mean, but also the thing that I find really interesting about that ad is Communism that, is coming. Well, yeah, and the themes remain, well, yeah. pretty much Tax the same, don't labor. they? Yeah, yeah. And, and if he'd kept the super uh, fun, we'd all be pretty wealthy by now. <laughs> That's right. We'd have trillions. That was about the super, that was going to be the terrible superannuation fund that... Um, uh, much like the one we have now that Labour's going to introduce, that Norm Kirk had, had introduced at the time. Um, but what we are seeing is, um, uh, and what really upset Chris Bishop initially, was this attack on, on Christopher Luxon and the risk that he brings. And this was from the CTU. Luxon isn't the right leader in a cost-of-living crisis because he doesn't understand life for everyday Kiwis. Christopher Luxon, out of touch, too much risk. Julian, you said you had things to say. Too personal? What were you thinking? Uh, yeah, a little. I mean, I thought the photo that they used also in the branding was very kind of trying to paint him as Muldoon-esque. I mean, it looked like something that Labour would run in the early 80s when they were trying to have a crack at Muldoon. Um, yes, I think it is a little bit too personal. I mean, the other thing, though, is that this is what Labour's got to go with, right? And and I know that Chris Hipkins and others were saying, look, you know, this is the CTU, and no, I didn't sign off on any adverts, and I didn't sign off on any of the photos, uh, all the branding. Um, you know, I, I feel like there was always going to come a time when they were going to, going to try and do a Mitt Romney on this guy, like Barack Obama and them did with Mitt Romney in the second election that Obama stood for. Because he is, A, he's been out of the country, B, he is seen to be a little bit aloof, C, he is well off, that they were always going to try and go this way, and they have. Is it too personal? Yep, probably. The other question I ask is, is it going to work? And mm. uh, will, voter, will voters go for this kind of campaigning? You'd like to think they wouldn't, but maybe it does appeal to certain people in the centre who might might be and did it work, what they're going to do. Did it work partly just in terms of the short term? Because, you know, Labour had just announced its dental plan, Nationals under the cosh for its foreign buyers tax plan. It certainly changed the narrative there. I mean, is that... It attracted a lot of attention, and it's whether you believe that all attention is good attention, right, yeah. or not. Um, I agree with Julian. I think if it had even had a broader base to it where it discussed the National Party rather than just targeting the leader and him, right. you know, him being a risk. Yes. When you when you drill down into the um, information that kind of went with it in terms of the policies that they object to, I think that that is um, a fair debate when you're sort of raising things like, well, they're going to get rid of these um, fair pay agreements and things like that. So the content, the content of the policies that they wanted to highlight is what they see as being bad stuff. And all of that is subjective, but they're entitled to their view on it. Listing those policies and saying, this is horrible, this is terrible, we don't agree with this. All of that is part and parcel of a well-debated election campaign. When you stick possibly, what is the worst photo you can find of an individual up on a giant billboard and where he's looking, you know, angry. And and as a rule, I don't think he is a person that has resting angry face as such. <laughs> he's not. He's, he's, he's relentlessly. He's jolly hockey stick. <laughs> yeah, he is jolly positive. hockey stick. So I thought that the photo was out of character with his normal demeanour and it very much targeted him as an individual rather than saying, hey, this is why we think national is bad and these are the policies. But you should be free to debate the policies. It was the packaging, not necessarily the content right. from my point of view. But God, maybe it works. Maybe this stuff hits home. I, I don't think so. I no. thought it was a poor judgment call from the CTU and explaining to members, many of which will be working people, working, you know, cleaning office buildings at night, that you'd spent your money um, making a, a, an ad attacking the leader of the National Party for kind of what he looks like. Um, I thought it was poor judgment. I mean, as Lisa says, 
all very well to to say, look, this is what you could lose if if you vote out a Labour government, and yeah. you expect the CTU to support that. Um, I, I don't think it's. Um, can you think of a voter that it would win over? I, well, I, but you're I, preaching but, to your already converted, I, I, aren't you? And, and it was a lot of coin. It was but a lot of negative coin. Yeah, around in the Herald. That's what people picked up in the morning yeah. um, in Auckland. But but negative campaign, you know, negative attack ads are part of every political campaign. Uh, are, they, are they not? And so they must. There is clearly an idea that these things do work, and they do actually raise questions about. I mean, what's Labour's trying to do here? Raise questions about character, right? The out-of-touch line is the one that they're trying to hit home, that somehow Luxon is this aloof, rich guy that isn't going to be the right guy for the, for the times, um, as opposed to working-class, hot-boy, chippy. Is that... That just doesn't... What do you reckon, Julian? Does it land? Uh, well, um, part of me thinks yes and part of me thinks no. He, he, here's the problem that they've got. Um, it's, it kind of reeks a little bit to me of desperation. Um, and and to do it in the way that they've done it suggests to you that they know they're under the pump. Yeah. And literally, this is the last roll of the dice potentially. Um, if you're a Labour supporter, you won't want to hear that. But I just thought it was a little bit off. And no, you don't um, do it when then, you're you know, in the lead, and, do you? And, and you don't all, do it when you're winning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. When you know you're up against it, you start throwing everything at the wall, and and you you try and go for the biggest buck and uh, the biggest bang, and this is the one that they've they come up with. And I, I agree with um, Lisa on the packaging thing. And I, I just think the other thing is that um, you know Labour voters at the 2020 election. And I know it's a different election, but the messaging that was coming from Labour, I know it's a different leader at that time, completely different to what we're hearing now. And they're ready to get in the in the mud uh, and do this kind of stuff. And I think that that talks to, A, the politics that we're experiencing at the moment as a country and impacted, I think, by global politics and the way that global politics has been conducted. And I think we're a little bit, I, I would hope they're a little, we're a little bit bigger and better than that. And yeah, but you would hope that you're voters right. will be a little bit bigger and better in the way that they vote about that. And I, I think this brings the whole tone of the conversation down. Yeah, and I, I think it gives um, Luxon an opportunity to look prime ministerial and, mm. and look statesmanlike because he's able to say, well, this, these guys are desperate. They're throwing all this mud at me. And it doesn't help Hipkins that his ministers are running around doing the same. Kind <laughs> no, of thing. it doesn't. No, but and Hipkins, it's the Michelle Obama thing. Yeah, when they yeah. go low, we you go, go high. high. But but Hipkins says, you know, came out and, and, you know, was able to stand up and pull out his, his own array of things and said, look, they do this to me all the time. This is a very flattering photo of Grant Robertson doing some, some vacuuming. Uh, this one was uh, from the, the Taxpayers' Union, a National Party front group. Uh, we have a, a pretty nasty, despicable uh, personal attack on uh, Nanaia Mahuta. I was, I was particularly touched by this one, actually. This is uh, myself and David Parker on some what, what would appear to be Russian horses. Uh, I actually think I look quite good on a horse, to be frank. I mean, he used the humour quite well. Horses have been... He did things. use... They are. We're going to get to more horses. Yeah. He did use the humour quite well, but I think to the point that Julian was making, that at the last election, there was a call for kindness and not to go low and play the ball and not the player, basically. But right? Hipkins is a scrapper. Yeah, but, but, and I know you want to talk about... Um, Chris Hipkins gave an interview on News Hub Nation at the weekend where you potentially saw more of his character in nature. Um, and he spoke about the fact that, well, as a general principle, you would expect to get an underlying philosophy with a, par- with a party, even if you change leaders. So if your overall sort of take on the world as being part of Labour is that you don't go low, that, yeah. you, that you take the higher ground, you work to the issues and you want to bring to um, 
the democratic process a kinder, a kinder version of politics, then doesn't the party hold to that and not just the leader? <laughs> or have we yeah. thrown all of that out with the last person who held the job? Because yeah. it's got a dirty smell to it. Yeah. You know, uh, to, uh, the word uh, kindness, I barely didn't want to say answer, it. Then. No, I think the answer <laughs> is that we have, haven't we? Is that that was, that, was a, a, that was a person rather than a principle, perhaps. Is it? No, it's a principle. And are we Come getting on. a sense of part of the reason that Jacinda Ardern didn't want to, to be in this campaign if she felt that she was going to have yeah. to or be expected to, to run a campaign where you had to raise fear and, and but, loathing? Well, this is it. Flip this around a little bit, though. Are we? My concern with this stuff, though, is that we talk ourselves into a funk, right? That we actually... We're already there, Tim. We're but, already in the funk. But we I mean, are already in it, the funk. It, it, matters, it matters that we do actually have respectful campaigns. Don't get me wrong. You know, it is important to our process that people don't get turned off by the nastiness of politics, right? Or else our democracy is screwed. But if the worst we get is a guy leaning over a fence and interrupting a press conference and a few rude newspaper ads... We're not. That's not bad, is it? Really, it's not. We're not. No, but it's a bit weird. We're not America. We're not minister like Andrew Little saying that a party's going to flog off all the schools and sack all the teachers, because and, and Willie Jackson saying that they were going to abolish the, the minimum wage, and then he corrected it saying they were going to lower the minimum wage. I mean, yeah. it, it, I, th- I I do I, I agree. It's not. Um, you know, we haven't reached some absolute nadir, but um, I think we have to be pretty careful in in this world of disinformation well, and, and credibility of election campaigns. To, would, to actually hold certain standards. And, and Hipkins himself said that he was going to give his ministers a telling off about some of the things they've been saying. That's a perfect segue, because we want to talk about the, the campaign launches in a second. And, and at those campaign launches, you, you mentioned Hipkins telling off his ministers. Um, when you look at that, that campaign launch and the speech that Hipkins gave there last weekend, um, he listed a whole bunch of... Um, uh, the great greatest hits of the last six years of the Labour Party. And he talked about the minimum wage, lifting the minimum wage by nearly $7. Talked about um, the free doctor's visits for kids under 14, lifting benefit rates for um, 100,000 families. He mentioned the prescriptions and the public transport things, but he re- listed all these other um, policies as well and then said this. These are the bread and butter policies that have delivered reductions in child poverty. But they are at great risk if there is a change of government. National and ACT's policies amount to a full frontal attack on children from low and middle income families who without these supports would be worse off. That's pretty full on. And as I say, he just listed things like Willie Jackson about the minimum wage. National ACT are not going to cut the minimum wage or lower the minimum wage. They're not going to take away free doctor's visits under children 14. So the Labour leader's doing it himself. Yeah, um, I suppose, you know, he, he hasn't told a technical lie there, has he? He said that they that, that this would be an assault on... I mean, how would you prove that? Um, I think there have been some other um, provable lies told this week mm. about, about policy. That probably isn't one of them. It's probably in the hyperbole camp. But You reckon? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's referencing around benefits, isn't he? In- indexing, you know, um, how this government has brought in indexing for benefits, and um, that could be in jeopardy. Prescriptions, obviously, National has launched a policy that would see only some people get free prescriptions. Yeah. So I, I agree with Guyon in the sense that it's and and the and the minimum wage they're not going to get rid of the minimum wage, but Labor is committed to increases e- every year. So you, you're going to get a what he's talking about is creep 
on those policies, not sure. necessarily throwing them out with the bathwater. So I would go with Guyon's Getting. assessment hyperbole. Full frontal attack on the children. Uh, uh, hyper- yeah, slightly uneasy, I think there but, is a difference. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a difference between actually um, putting false information in into you know into the universe, like. Um, you know, the... We're going to sell all the schools. Sell all the yeah, schools, yeah, which yeah. is Flag absolute the t- yeah, sure. BS, right? Yep. As opposed to Willie Jackson, who has a tendency, well, to kind of freewheel with the words, right? And then pulled himself free back... Freewheel Willie. You know, pulled him back, himself back from the abyss and went, oh, no, okay, no, no, not that, but this is actually what's happening. That, to me, is different to actually purposely putting out information that you believe you know is incorrect. Andrew Little's one. And then um, Shannon Halbert responded to something on um, one of the social media platforms where he confirmed something which actually was incorrect. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that's different. I think that stuff is different. And that is a lack of discipline, maybe a lack of knowledge on the part of some people. Um, and that that's getting down in the mire. Julian, um, let's keep talking about the the launches. Um, We had uh, the um, uh, Labour Party launch with uh, Reb Fountain singing a a, um, a, uh, mountain mountain bird song, um, pulled along by love, and then you had um, uh, the the National Party with its um, uh, Day Gonna Come, a big kind of a rock anthem thing from the States. Um, Very different kind of campaign launches, yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, did Shane Jones do, do another song? No. Anyway, look, uh, no, no, um, no, absolutely. And um, but the other thing is, I was waiting for big policy announcements too. What did we get? Well, we got the eight. We got the eight step um, card list from from National, the, the checklist that it does, which again is a political device. People know has been used in the past. And then we've also got, um, I think, the Prime Minister announcing or Chris Hipkins announcing the free dental for people under thirty, and we can compare that to what the Greens have done, you sit there going, hmm, really? Okay, is that going to be your big policy thing when you're launching your campaign? So, you know, yep, um, there was different feels to songs and different feels to conferences as well. What I think I was looking for was something really big, a bit of wow factor to come out of these, and that that didn't come. Um, and maybe that's just because of the political times, and maybe that's just because there is a little bit of a kind of, a, you know, uh, given the economy and where we're at, that there isn't the ability to be able to do the big pizzazz. And I think Labour was counting on, uh, you know, um, free dental for people under 30 to be a big policy thing for it to be able to back up its launch. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to get the reception it either thinks it's going to get or needs to that policy, particularly when you compare them to the Greens. But yeah, different different fields, but also just a distinct lack of kind of wow factor after the weekend, uh, you know, political geeks like us love going to these kind of cam launches to hear what's happening, to get a bit of a, of the wow factor from the leaders, to get a bit of a feel from um, the members of the party. For lots of uh, people who do this kind of thing, I didn't really get a sense of that this year. It was evangelical watching <clears throat> Nationals launch, and I was waiting for LeBron James to come running out of the shoot, right, well, when they were calling their names. Exactly. They were all coming out, well, hence, my, hence the way I entered the show. But um, let's just have a, a quick listen and look to, um, uh, to some of how slick that National Party launch was. It's time to get started. Labour's time is up. It's time to get our country back on track. For Botany, the leader of the National Party, and our next Prime Minister, Chris Luxon. It's time to get going. 
That sound of the camera work here was a little bit, a little bit ropey. They had a big gap there before they got to the leader. But now you go, you see, you see Luxon coming down the aisle, the fighting, shaking suit. the hands, the song pumping, the blue light everywhere. They needed to back off the mic when they were they making the announcement. We get, this, a bit and of this is what happens there. when you've got that much money. I mean, that, their campaign coffers yeah. are, uh, are overflowing, and uh, it it looks slick. It it really did. Eh? eight point two million dollars this year. Um, Let's, shall we just talk about the, the donation stuff for a second? Because I know you want to come back to the Labour, some of the Labour launch stuff, um, Lisa. But the, the, the money that is coming in, $8.2 million National has got in donations this term, eight times what Labour has got. Um, back in 2008, both main parties got $1 million in donations since the National has got further say and those, further ahead. Say that again. $1 million in 2008 uh, for this campaign. Um, National has 8.2 that they've got in the last... Two years. The 2011 to 2019, this is quite interesting, 2011 to 2019, National got $19 million in donations. So they've got half of what they've got in the last three terms they've got in this term. So big in Labour in the past four terms has got $7.7 million. So National has in this term got more than Labour has got in the last four terms. So what advantage does that give? Guys, I mean, how big a deal is money in New Zealand politics? Well, it won't totally save you, and you can go back. I mean, actors had millions over the years and never got uh, a lot of seats. If you look at someone yeah. like Kim.com, spent millions of dollars yeah. and got about 30,000 votes. And so did and the your, Conservatives. And so did your mate um, Gareth Morgan, um, yep. who, who didn't like cats very much. Um, he, he spent a lot of money and, and got kind of nowhere. So it won't buy you elections in New Zealand. But if you're a major party and can spend that sort of cash making yourself look slick, it's got a it's got to help, right? Yeah. You know, and that, that stuff costs, all the advertising stuff costs. So, yeah, look, I think National's at a seven to one advantage over Labour in the, in the donations. Yeah. Uh, the last figures I saw, something around there. Yeah, of course that's going to give... Uh, um, you an advantage, but it also shows too, doesn't it, that um, you know a, a lot of the the business people with money uh, are wanting a change of government. They are. There's that mood mm. for change, and the national guys I've spoken to are talking about the ground game, right? It really boosts their ground game um, in terms yeah. of being able to, you know, billboard social people out in the streets. What do you say, Julia? Yeah, well, I was just going to say billboard presence. It buys you presence. It buys you ubiquity. Uh, which means that you keep, you know, you, you you are constantly a part of the conversation. There was a story that Māori Television did the other day on Northcote um, with the amount of billboards that have been seen in Northcote and they got both um, candidates um, from Labour and National talking about why there's so many billboards and, you know, Labour essentially was saying, well, we haven't got as many as National, which is admitting to the fact that the ubiquity that National has got from the finance that it has to be able to put so many billboards up. If you drive up north from Auckland, for example, see the amount of National billboards that are up there by comparison to Labour. They are being outspent and outgunned. Yeah. Yeah, that's in the that's in the um, the Kaipara, uh electric because I was actually there on the weekend and man, it is an assault on the senses. Yeah. The number of um, billboards there are over over that area, yeah. they're just thick. Um, and I'm just wondering, outside of the city, um, south of south of um, Auckland, Julian, what have you seen in your travels? Because mm. you've been away the first um, the last uh, couple of weeks, and and whether whether they're in the regions as well with that same intensity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ironically, you know, going along the main road, um, which I think, you know, National's talking about the new superhighway and all that kind of stuff, lots of national billboards. Um, so they're, def- they're definitely being outspent. 
the interesting conversation bit though when you talk to people about oh well you know you're seeing all these billboards around how do you feel about it um people are still focused on local issues i was just talking to a couple of community people around Fakatani at the moment you know they're still focused on local issues around infrastructure and things like that yes cost of living um but they're talking about local infrastructure issues that are affecting them at the moment but again lots of billboards particularly blue um, not so many act, but lots of national billboards being seen around the place, and you can just tell that they that Nash, that labour is being outspent mm. by a huge bank and uh, support of coffers of people who are putting up billboards. And I've know. noticed a few fringe ones as well. What what you would consider fringe fringe parties? Yeah, not even parties, individuals. Oh, okay. right. um, seeing people seeing, who used to work in television. Correct. <laughs> um, and I've I've seen that crew. Wow. I've seen that crew out just just this morning. Putting up billboards in. Where's um, our billboard, Tim? In Where's our, the caucus billboard? It's in our it on my desk. There's a screen behind That's you. That's it behind us. <laughs> it's a, a one billboard. But yes, how's it, it's interesting. How's our funding looking? It's, <laughs> it's, it's looking. <laughs> I say it's looking pretty ropey. Um, uh, yeah, feel, so, feel free to toss your coins in the cat. But it is interesting, and going back to Guyon's point, these are hard times um, financially for for people in New Zealand, a mm. lot of people in New Zealand. And I think that's reflected in the level of donations that the party on the left is receiving yeah. um, and also maybe a lack of joy um, towards them over uh, a, a lot of policies that people yeah. feel resentment so over. So you're motivated by change. If, you, if you're yeah. motivated by anything, you're motivated by change right now, yep. right? and that's what Guyon is saying about yeah. clearly there are some um, in the business world have very deep pockets and they're throwing everything at uh, getting a change. Yeah, and if you if we go back to those um, campaign launches, Julian, you mentioned you know that there was not a lot of um, substance, especially the national one, but I wonder whether that was on purpose, right? This was a chance for, um, in a controlled environment with beautiful lighting and, and all of the rest, mm. for Luxon to look in authoritative, right? And this is about Luxon being Prime Minister and, and you know, minimising the fact that he is, yeah, frankly, I, a, a first-term I, MP I, I, who people have got issues with. I saw but, a bit of um, media commentary about, oh, they should have put some a major policy out. I, I, I don't think. I don't have any time for that argument personally. They've put out um, truckloads of policy yeah. for the National Party. Does it matter that on a particular day they didn't do, no. do so? I, I don't think so. I, I, they I wanted agree. to make look like a leader, right? Yeah, I, I, I think so. It was a rah-rah moment for them. Yeah. And, you know, it's a very artificial thing anyway, a campaign launch. I mean, haven't hasn't the campaign been going for some time, really? Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was... New Zealand first did its campaign launch in July, right? So, yeah. Right. Oh, I, I, I thought Winston. Oh, so we're going to talk about that. I thought Winston on the Rodeo was was the campaign launch. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, no. But but you're right. I think um, what we're seeing here is a very calculated game by a party that thinks it's ahead, potentially knows it's ahead, certainly knows it's ahead financially, and is getting a lot of financial support, and is playing you know a pretty structured, um, straight game. Yeah. And you're seeing yeah, another party I'd, who's I'd looking for things to try and turn yeah. things around, yeah. and it certainly feels that way. Is trying to turn things around. No, potentially knows knows maybe that it is well behind, and is playing catch up, and is trying lots of different things, which is leading to the indiscipline yeah. or ill-discipline. You know, Willie saying what he says, even though we know what Willie's like and we love him for it because it's great for us political journos, um, not necessarily for politicians who are trying to stick to a line. But you know, um. um you can see the two different games that have been played. Yeah, the yeah. and Labour, Labour did have their policy, their dental for dental under policy. 30s, and you wanted to pick up on some of that because it's it's for under 30s. It was interesting. Yeah. They, went, they went for an age 
target rather than needs or wealth or anything, right? Yeah, I think there's some interesting things in here, both um, for National and for Labour. So starting with the dental policy, right? So I've got it in front of me, 18 to 23-year-olds from July 2025. So again... A pawpaw down the line. You're not getting it straight away. 18 to 29 year olds from July 2026, right? Yep. So I thought, okay, interesting age group. Looked at um, the website, uh, electoral office website, voter turnout. Again, if you want to get your nerd on, some great graphs and things there. And if we look at 2020 election, so let's marry up with the figures here. They basically marry up with Labor's policy figures. In the age band of 18 to 24-year-olds, all electorates in the 2020 election, uh, 21% of them, almost 22%, didn't bother to vote. In the 25 to 29-year-olds, 25%, almost 26%, didn't vote. So the 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 group that this policy is targeted at aren't known for their great voter turnout. No. And in fact, it was much worse in the 2017 election, where 18 to 24-year-olds, 31% didn't bother to vote. 25 to 29-year-olds, almost 33% didn't bother to vote. And as you would anticipate, in those older age brackets, much higher turnout. And the flip side of that coin, which I find really interesting, yep. is when National um, has given its uh, um, back pocket boost mm. and how it's funding it, some of the policies it's subtracting or taking away to fund um, its its tax boost, they're taking away from the lower age groups, the ones that don't turn out. And the example of that would be the transport subsidies, yep. right? So um, half price for under 25s, well, you're reasonably sweet with that because unless the parents are thinking, oh, yeah. you're taking away... Um, you know, and the Sarah's tax deductibility with ticket. landlords is potentially going to be better for people who can afford to, you know, are going to be yeah. boomers and, and exes but, who but can the buy rental property. But the interesting thing is, um, whether you think this policy is worthy or not, the yep. dental policy, or whether you think it goes far enough in comparison um, with the Greens, which is what um, Julian has raised, that very valid point, the age group that it's targeted at that will benefit from that are not known for great voter turnout. You, you know, we talked about the missing million in previous campaigns, right, the the youth vote? Yeah. I mean, you, you've booked a dentist appointment for 2026. <laughs> I mean, that's what you've done. And I, I think it's illustrative of a party that can't decide whether it wants to go big or go home and has landed in the middle. So all of these policies are like free dental care for a small group of people a long time away or... You know, they haven't well, been they able would to... say when inflation has come down again and things are back, you know, the books are back and we're back in surplus, isn't that? But isn't good, inflation isn't supposed good, to be coming down next year? Good economic management? Yeah, sure. And that that, that can work when you're governing. Um, I'm talking about the politics and the yeah. optics of yeah. it. Um, and I think that's been the problem ever since Chris Hipkins took over, actually. Mm. You know, oh, let's soften the edges off the stuff that people didn't like. Um, let's go a bit sort of national light. And he's he's tried to walk in the middle of the road and, and, and he's getting run over. That's when you get run down. Mm. And this is what we talked about last week or the week before, which is, you know, Labour can't out-conservative a Conservative Party, right? They can't, can they out-fiscally discipline national? Can they actually win on that front? Or do they have to go big in some way? Well, I think they probably did have to go big. Yeah. Um, and I haven't haven't seen it. No. Um, where National is perhaps still copping some flack this week, and it, it, it drips on, has been 
um, the foreign buyers tax. Yeah, heard um, it first here at Caucus. You did. We were all, <laughs> we brought it up. We jumped when on they it. Announced it. It's kind of stood out, and and we talked about it being clever politics, but really um, interesting, interesting economics. And we thought that revenue or just was simple maths, heroics, <laughs> or, just, right? or just How simple maths. Get that well, much money. We, we we weren't alone because since our last show, the economists have um, had their response, um, despite Christopher Luxon's insistence. We are very confident and absolutely confident in our numbers and also in our proposal. Oh, I mean, those numbers are just bullshit, to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> the potential tax revenue from all the over $2 million properties would be a billion dollars based on the last 12 months. So they're assuming that more than 70% of all $2 million plus properties are going to be sold to foreigners. It just doesn't make sense. About half of New Zealand's tax treaties have a non-discrimination clause, including Australia, Canada, China, Hong Kong, India, Japan, Mexico, the US and the UK. That non-discrimination clause would mean you cannot introduce a foreign buyer's tax. It's always been a party of our, our foreign policy that we very strictly apply a rules-based approach to agreements. So something where we're seen to be trying to work our way around existing obligations might not be viewed very favourably. Lots of interesting pushback there, eh, from quite different angles. Yeah, and um, quite telling that National didn't look at the... They'd looked at the trade agreements, but didn't seem to have looked at the tax treaty stuff yes, until, until afterwards. Well, she, poor, she, as really. being, being Nicola Willis, conceded that in, the interview, yes. with, in the interview with Jack Tame. Mm. That was the exact word she used subsequently. Yeah. That's yeah, which is which is which is embarrassing, and and just to flick back briefly to the CTU campaign, I mean, I, I think that that derailed some some very, um, I mean, National looking very vulnerable on that. Cleverly, then called a press conference to say how outrageous the CTU ad was, and really sort of mm. hurled the debate off into it into another direction. That was the point I was now so, so, making at the beginning was that it actually took yeah, the attention the wrong way, didn't it? Yeah, and. Look, you know, I mean, maybe they can get the revenue from elsewhere. I mean, seven hundred and forty million. You know, when you're spending one hundred and twenty, one hundred and thirty billion, um, you can balance the books from elsewhere. But it does, it is damaging, in my view, to their credibility, um, which has been a fragile thing on economics recently. The last couple of elections with fiscal holes, etc., to have not not have considered this. It's very difficult to to, to tax foreigners on stuff. I mean, Labor introducing the foreign buyers ban. If you cast your mind back to 2017, mm. there were massive legal fights. Exactly, where the TPP was involved. Which countries would be in? Which countries would be out? The shoe was on the other foot. There where, was. It was where Labor was terrible. I remember was it well. all tangled and, and, and up and in terms of whether you, you can do things yeah, to and, introduce the ban. And they got through and they wove it through. And, and you may be able to, to weave it through um, through various agreements, but whether you're going to get um, three quarters of a billion dollars on it. it uh, well, and that's a year. That's a year. So <laughs> every it, year. So it's, so that's every year. Yeah. And that is from the first year of implementation. You're so and you're going from zero to 100 yeah. kilometres an hour in the first year to get that three quarters of a billion. And then obviously and then sustain it, it builds. Yes, sustain it and build on it mm. for four remember, years. remember, that's not a real number. It's just a number in, in a press release. And I mean that because the consolidated fund is just a big swimming pool. Sure. There is There is no hypothecated <laughs> 740. But if you... you know, it's all just yes, revenue in. No. So if you got Absolutely. more revenue because um, because the economy had fired back and you got more GST receipts, etc., etc., yep. then it wouldn't be an issue. Because there is... Well, it is. It, it's just an economic credibility thing. Yeah. There and is no separate strand of 740 it's, million. No. That's it's, more than, it's more than an economic credibility thing. Take your point about it's a big, a big pool of money, you know, sloshing around and you're not necessarily saying it's this, this segment of money. But they have... National has made a point of arguing for uh, tax cuts and bracket 
changes on the basis is not robbing Peter to it's pay fiscally Paul. Neutral. That it's yes. fiscally neutral and yeah. that they are going to generate the revenue. So if that is your story, then it matters more. If you that break the promise, of, you break the you, promise. You go and start robbing Peter. Yes, if yeah. you break the <laughs> promise and you start sticking your hand in Peter's pocket, <laughs> looking for the Look chump out, change. Peter. Look yeah. out, Peter. And yeah. the other thing to remember: if this is a three-legged stool, you've just whipped away the foreign buyers' revenue, and then you've got the casino gambling overseas revenue, which is also yeah. under some scrutiny. Yeah. So it's not just it's one fragile. plank; yeah. it is it's more than one. You got a wobbly one legged stool there and you've said that you're not scalping money from somewhere no. else. And I, I just want to, there's, there's one point because I was just digging into this week and I've just been talking to some tax people this morning so I want to I want to put this one out there. There's there's this clip that stood out to me that, that Luxon said in a stand up about the tech entrepreneur from coming in from overseas. But importantly what this is about is actually saying to that tech entrepreneur that actually wants to make an investment in New Zealand and actually wants to be able to purchase a house, to be able to set up a business to make an investment, uh, we want them to be able to do that here in New Zealand. We yeah. need to be able to access talent, we need to be able to access capital. So this is my little nerdy bit for the week. This was Lux making the point that the tax change allows the tech entrepreneurs to come to New Zealand and set up businesses because they can now buy a house there. But he's saying, um, uh, that, and then they will get their talent and National will tax them. They have an example in their release about an entrepreneur paying $450,000 in tax when she buys a $3 million apartment. But if you're coming here, and this is what I've been checking out this week, if you're coming here and able to buy a house under this new policy, it's incredibly hard not to become a resident. When you come to New Zealand and you come to buy, your, you shop for a house, um, you put in an offer, and then you go home. And if you apply for residency at that point, your residency starts from the day you arrived in the country. So you're already a resident. It's, it's, the tax experts I was talking to were saying that you're not, you're not going to get tax from these people. This entrepreneur that, that Luxon is talking about is not going to pay tax because they will have come to the country, bought a house, made an offer, gone home, bought the house. They will be a resident by default. And if they're not a resident somehow, which seems very hard to do, then they're probably excluded by the treaties. So either way, you're not going to get tax from those people. So again, that's another hole that hasn't been picked up before. The, the entrepreneur example that he was so keen on, you're not going to get tax from Also on this, which you may not be able to answer, but it's an interesting question. Presumably, if you're the tech entrepreneur or you're these high-value people that New Zealand desperately wants or needs, you're probably on the green list. So fast-track to residency. And you're coming in through a high-value And you're coming person. through as a high-value person, so not again, as a foreign buyer. You're a resident yeah. already, oh, so you're not getting taxed. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, I, yeah, 740 million. Anyway. Um, Julian, do you want to chip in? The only thing I was going to add was over the weekend, particularly on Q&A and other parts, this is where I see Nicola Willis most shaky. Uh, and I think I said last week, get her out in front of as many people as you <laughs> she can did. during that campaign. But that interview, I mean, you know, where it was pointed out, the word subsequently was mentioned earlier when that came up. Um, what do you do when you don't get the revenue that you expect? Not a great answer to that, if an answer at all. Yeah. Um, the question that stays in my mind, though, uh, is is this going to have any cut through for voters who are in the middle who haven't made up their mind yet about which way they're going to go? Potentially, yes, particularly if Labor can run a really good communications and engagement job on trying to take away that leg of the stool that Lisa talked about earlier. Potentially, they could vote a cut through there. Um, but, yeah, very shaky in that weekend, and that was a surprise for me. In the few minutes we've got left, EVs have been big this week. It seems a little bit... Um, interesting to um, let's build infrastructure for EVs, but we're not going to.
going to fund you to buy more EVs. Because I've already got one in my garage. At home. <laughs> yeah. Not me. Not me personally. I don't have one. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, it's your, you're channeling your inner Luxon. Well, I'm just wondering about that. Um, so others want to talk about EVs. I want to quickly talk about um, the the a couple of parties that are going to be friends with the main parties before right. we go. Act is having some trouble with its Well, candidates. yeah, another one bites the dust, right? So, four um, down. Four down. As um, t- at time of recording, there could be more by the time you listen yeah, to this. Right, you, you qualify it. <laughs> time of recording, fourth person down, um, which was um, Scott Bonus, who was the Auckland Central um, candidate. And... Um, um, shout out to Benedict Collins, who spoke to David Seymour about right. this. Um, David Seymour was obviously making an announcement about cutting red tape in his top four um, yep. areas to focus on. And Benedict asked him about another candidate down. And I have to say, it is the probably the first time I have seen um, David Seymour Tosses toys while the camera Quite was churlish, rolling. Quite churlish, eh? Quite churlish. Yeah, while the camera yeah. was rolling. Yeah. Like, he, he's I, talked I about the fact yeah. that I, he's very measured normally. I think he's got an issue with this, and he won't like me saying this, but I, I think he's got an arrogance issue. I've had a lot of time for Seymour in the past. He's a very smart guy. He is a smart guy. I, I think he's he's developing a, a real, a, a very thin skin, um, and I think that's going to be something to really watch, especially if they get into government. And he does not like being challenged. And it happens, and this is our job. Yeah. And it's our job to do that. Um, he's had these weird things where he's banned going on morning report, etc. It's just a bit odd. And... Um, I, th- I think he's at risk of of blowing up on this stuff. I think Five weeks genu- to go, it's a long time yeah. of politics for him. I to- think there's genuine questions to be asked. If you are um, if you're polling at the rate you are polling at, you're going to bring in a lot of people that we've never seen yeah. or heard he's of. We've mentioned this before. Minister. He may yeah. well be deputy prime minister. So, yeah. so yeah. if the dominoes start to fall, uh, I think it's valid to ask why. And when Benedict Collins was pressing him on this, he was basically saying. Oh, I get disappointed with this line of questioning. If you want to do a story, you know, poor journalism and all the rest of it. No, don't think so. And that is um, the first time I think I've seen him in recent times kind of um, lose his composure. And I agree with Guy on scab picked there, not happy. He was not happy. Um, yeah, but I think the other problem they've got is who are these people and who's running their candidate selections? Now, I know he doesn't run candidate selections, but this is an issue for him, and he's going to bring a whole bunch of people in that none of us knows. I mean, who can remember who was number 14, you know, when we talked about a couple of weeks ago? That's a big problem for him. Yep. And um, a lot of their characters are going to get questioned over the next few weeks. And the small party we're going to end on, because you mentioned it earlier, Julian, so we can't ignore it, is just oh. to play this lovely clip from um, uh, our old friend, the cowboy, Winston Peters. To govern a country, you need experience. And this is not our first rodeo. American pronunciation. He, you can't rodeo. say rodeo. You're rodeo. all your working class credit well, if you say rodeo, He's taken it from the Spanish origin of the word, <laughs> oh, which okay. is interesting oh. given what's happening in Spain at the moment after their election in July. But uh, look, um, look the, the other thing I would say is that um, whoever's doing their branding and marketing, um, uh, we need to put an, we need to put an aquarium to them so we can get the caucus uh, promoted in a similar way. <laughs> right. You know, guy, guy on a horse and Lisa singing, um, um, you know, don't stop I think we'll reverse those. Guy can sing, I'll ride the horse. <laughs> Sweet. I am so here for that. <laughs> We will do that. You might um, be surprised about, about your, my equestrian skills. The donations will come in. Yep. All right. Thank you, guys. Um, Julian Wilcox, uh, live from Whakatane, um, here in the studio. Lisa, Guy, and, and me, Tim Watkin. That is Caucus for another week. We'll be back next week with another episode.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.